coming up next on Contemplate. Don't let yourself go down a tunnel where it seems like things are worse and worse. We have so much depression that goes on today, which is an extreme form of mourning. The kind where you start to just not care about anything. It just feels like there's a blanket covering you. Listen, there is joy coming. There is hope. None of us likes to get caught. It's embarrassing, humiliating, and brings us a lot of grief and sometimes even sorrow. But there is hope. Here's Pastor David. You're only sorry because you got caught. As an attorney, I've represented a lot of people who have been accused of crimes. Um, And they have different reactions. The many different people have had many different reactions to being arrested and charged with a crime. Uh, Some people will just insist that they're innocent, right? I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I didn't do it. Right up until the time where I showed them the video that the prosecutor gave me of them totally doing the thing. Um, You know, they're they're innocent, right? And then it's like, well, but that's not really that bad, is it? Uh, But that's that's how some people were. Um, Some say they're sorry, but really they're just hoping for leniency. Some are just angry that they got caught. And some actually admit what they did and what the the prosecutor and the police are saying that they did, and they seem truly sorry. They seem like they're sorry. Not sorry they got caught, but really sorry. For those people, they're actually looking for, as strange as this may sound, they're looking for a punishment to be issued so that they can pay their debt to society and be restored to the community. They really are looking at it that way. They're those who are who are angry or those who are only sorry if they think it'll help them get out of something, they view their sentence very differently than the people who are truly sorry and who are truly mourning over what they did. The people who are angry, the people who are just sorry they got caught, they don't mourn their actions. They don't mourn the thing that they did. And they're not comforted when the process is complete and they've paid their debt to society like the person who truly is sorry is. Now, why is this important? We're in a series called Upside Down. And it's a study of the Word of God, uh, the words of Jesus, and what is called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, You can find the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. I recommend reading it uh, a lot. It is powerful. Um, If you have your Bibles with you now, you can grab them and turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're in verse 4. That's how far we've gotten. Um, So we're moving right along. All right. I'm not going to tell you that this... uh, series will go quickly um, because there's a lot here. It says this, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. What does this mean? What does it mean? We all know what mourning is, right? Mourning, it's a sadness. It's a brokenness. It's a particular kind of pain. In fact, it's a type of pain that's often much worse than physical pain. Most people who are mourning would much rather have physical pain than to go through the mourning that they're going through. That's what mourning is, right? We, we mourn uh, different kinds of things, right? Because we live in a broken world. So every one of us has mourned. Every one of us has mourned. We've mourned either the death of a loved one, the loss of a job or a friend. We mourn for our country or our city or trouble that we see others dealing with. Maybe if you've been to Honduras and you've seen some of the poverty and the difficulty, maybe you mourn for that, right? Some of us mourn for the loss of the way things used to be. 
Some of us even mourn for our favorite basketball team. It's just a game, Randy, okay? Sometimes you got to call people out that others may fear. All right. I typed the word mourn into the online dictionary, and this is what I got. It says this. It's a verb. It says, feel or show deep sorrow or regret for you know, someone at their death, something like that, typically by following conventions such as the wearing of black clothes. Number two, feel regret or sadness about the loss or disappearance of something. To mourn is to feel loss, regret, grief, sorrow, sadness. So what, what is Jesus saying? That we should be sad all the time, right? Blessed are those who mourn. should be sad all the time. I can't wait to go to church with those Christians. They're always just so sad, frowny. This makes me, right? It's Christ followers. Man, they're a depressed bunch. Uh, that's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. It's not saying that good Christ followers are bummed out all the time. Like Eeyore from Winnie and the Pooh is like the best Christian. Oh, bother, right? That's not what it's saying. In fact, in some ways, it's actually saying the opposite. It's actually saying the opposite. Let's walk through it. Why are we sad? Why do we mourn? I said we mourn for the physical death death of loved ones, right? Uh, Me personally, I've lost two brothers in Christ this year, both men that I looked up to, both men that, that are believers and brothers, okay? But here's the thing. I mourn when I lose a brother or a sister in Christ. I mourn. But... If we trust God, there's actually comfort and joy that's quite great that also comes at the same time. Because I'm promised in God's word that not only will I see my brothers that have passed away this year again, but I will get to be with them and Jesus for eternity. So although there's mourning, there's also comfort and joy. Right? I'm comforted by that. Believers in Jesus Christ mourn differently. We mourn with hope. Right? And hope leads to joy. So our mourning is actually a blessing because it leads to hope and joy. Now, why is the mourner who follows Christ blessed? Because he's saying they're blessed. The the mourner who follows Christ is blessed because the mourner who believes in the promises of God is going to be comforted. Is going to be comforted. This is upside down, right, from what the world wants. The world sees mourning as negative, right? Negative. We don't want to mourn. We don't want to be sad ever. We don't even want to be bored. We don't like it, right? We're always in a rush for comfort, for happiness. Give me my entertainment now, right now. When I was a kid, before VHS, some of you are like, what is VHS? The younger ones. VHS were these tapes that were about this big, and you put them into a player, and then you rewind it for five minutes because your dad didn't rewind the tape last time. (laughs) Selfish, right? And then after that, you could watch a low-quality version of a movie, and you could even, like, fast-forward and and pause scenes and things like that. It was amazing at the time, right? But before that, before there was VHS, all we had was the movie theater and whatever was on TV, right? Whatever was on. You had to watch a show... When it came on, there was no other time. If you missed it, FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. You didn't get it, right? The, the show's on at 8.30 on Thursday night. You had to make your schedule around that. Y'all remember this, right? This is the time for you. So our schedules were actually totally around television. What night did you have church? Whatever night the worst television was on, right? 
That's how it was done. Right? Because, and, and we would watch all the commercials, the whole commercial, and we'd learn all the little jingles by men and, you know, all that stuff. We all knew that. All of those things, right? And the shows, because everybody watched the whole thing and didn't skip the credits, had these great songs before them. Like, you remember the songs for the shows, and you remember that? You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have. I'm gonna sing the whole thing if you don't start. No. <laughs> We knew all these songs and stuff. Now shows aren't like that anymore, right? It's a totally different thing. We're like, give me every show ever made right now on Netflix with no commercials. That's how we are, right? Everything. I want to be happy. Give it to me. And it works, too. There's nothing that makes you more happy than re-watching 16 episodes of The Office and being tired and sick and feeling bad the next day, right? So, so happy. You got to think about the things when you think about how much we don't want more and how much we want to be happy. Think about the things we've solved in this century. Last century, the 20th century, they were like, we should invent the light bulb. Then people could read and learn for longer. We could work harder. We could do that kind of thing. You know, we can do important things. We should invent the car so we can travel and see the world and expand our minds and explore and discover. We should invent rockets so we can go to the moon, right? This century is like... Let's invent iPhones so people can look at a little thing and play games all day, be on social media and be sad, and forget how to talk to real people. Let's do that, right? Let's invent food delivery services so that they can sit at home and watch Netflix without commercials and order pad thai while never getting off their fat bottom, right? Let's do that. We're going to make the world a better place. We want to be happy, right? That's why we do all this stuff. That's why we invent all this stuff. We think that the more convenience that we create, the happier we will be because we don't like to mourn, right? Think about this. We have not solved the cure for the flu. We have not solved the illiteracy problem, but we have solved the problem of actually having to drive yourself down the street to Taco Bell, Uber Eats. These are the problems that we're solving. These are the problems that we're solving, okay? We don't like to mourn. We want it. We want it now, right now. We don't think it's a blessing to mourn. We don't think, oh, that person's mourning. They're very blessed. It's not the way we look at it. And, of course, neither do the, the people who were listening to Jesus. It was an upside-down statement to make. When we see another shooting happen or a law that's passed that harms people, we're sad, and we should be. We mourn, and we should. And Jesus is saying, it's actually a blessing. It's actually a blessing to mourn those things. Now, why is it a blessing to mourn evil? It's a blessing because as Christ's followers, we know that Jesus Christ is going to make all things new. We know that. This is what he says. He's promised us to make all things new. Revelation 21, 1 through 7. Now, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe every wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, 
nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give it the fountain, the water of life, freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Those who follow Christ believe this. We believe that God will restore. Our mourning is followed by God's comfort. For those who don't follow Christ, and this is sobering, for those who don't follow Christ, there is no comfort. They have no hope. They have only a couple of choices in life. One, they can invent something, some philosophy, some idea that tries to give them hope. Or two, they can just choose not to mourn and not to care about anything. Those are the choices that they have. They are not blessed in their mourning. They are not blessed because their mourning is not tied to the hope of Jesus Christ. It's not tied to the hope of Jesus Christ. If you're mourning right now, if you've experienced pain and loss and you have been in that place for a really, really, really long time and you have received no comfort, ask yourself this, am I believing? Am I believing in the promises of God? Do I truly believe? Be comforted by the Holy Spirit as you consider the truth of God's promises for you, for us, he's going to wipe every tear away. There will be no more pain, no more sadness. All things will be made new. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that if you're grieving or that if you're mourning that you don't have to go through that. You've got to go through the grief. You've got to go through the mourning that you're experiencing. Okay, I'm not saying the people who are mourning or have grief aren't believing God's promises. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just announcing to you the hope that followers of Christ have in him. Followers of Christ have hope in him. If you are mourning and you trust Jesus Christ and his promises, you will eventually experience comfort and joy again. You will. Don't let yourself go down a tunnel where it seems like things are worse and worse. We have so much depression that goes on today, which is an extreme form of mourning. The kind where you start to just not care about anything. It just feels like there's a blanket covering you. Listen, there is joy coming. There is hope. Jesus Christ will make all things new. He has got you. I'm not saying there's no, not going to be pain. I'm not saying there's not going to be difficulty. But I am saying that you who are mourning will be comforted. You're blessed because you will be comforted. Do not forget that when things get difficult. But there's another kind of mourning. There's mourning over your own sin. Mourning over your own sin. We, we try to avoid the idea of sin in our culture, right? We try to say either there's no such thing as sin, or some people try to just get rid of it altogether by saying there's no God. Like if I just say he doesn't exist, he can't see me. Right? I mourn for those who go down the path of the kind of self-help or counseling that minimizes sin and encourages people to have an unreasonable self-reliance because it will break you. We want to believe that our sin is either okay, in other words, not really sin, or that it's just simple mistakes, right? Just little things that we do. After all, it's not as bad as what other people are doing. 
right? I know you've never thought that. We don't want to face the fact that God has given us a path to follow. He said, this is the way. We have it here in Scripture, right? We know. He's revealed to us the path. He's revealed it to us in nature. He's given us clear instructions for how to live rightly. And if that wasn't enough, he came to us and lived as a man and showed us, was an example, showed us how to live righteously. But we have not lived righteously. We have not lived righteously. None of us have. None of us. Listen to Romans 3, 10 through 12. It says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Okay? Just in case you didn't get what the word none meant, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Now, we got to deal with that. But the world hates this idea. The world hates the idea that they are guilty before a holy God. They do not want to be responsible to God. Right? They want to run their own lives. They want to run their own lives. People tend to react to the idea that they're sinners. If that idea is put in front of them, they tend to react to it. A lot like my clients who were accused of crimes would react when they got arrested and charged with something. Some get angry. Call me a sinner. Look at your life. Some pretend to be sorry. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. I shouldn't do that anymore while you're watching. But they're just hoping to alleviate. They're just hoping to alleviate the consequences. Right? And then some mourn. Some mourn. My mom said I was only sorry because I got caught. And that is a very different sorrow than sorrow over my actions, over my sin. Right? Sorrow that my bottom is about to be sore is not the same thing as sorrow that I have violated relationship with God. And if you found that you've broken that relationship with God, there absolutely is hope. Jesus paid the price to forgive your sins and restore that relationship forever. And we'd love to tell you all about it. Please call us at 360-885-9000 or come see us this Sunday morning at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. Get easy directions and all the info you need at axechurchnw.org. Hope to meet you this Sunday. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out the next episode for part two of this powerful teaching here on Contemplate.